Hi, this is Dr. Frank Cilio, and you're listening to The Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J. How are you guys doing today? I have a wonderful guest with me today, Dr. Frank Cilio a New Jersey licensed psychologist and founder and executive director of the Center for Psychological Enhancement in Ridgewood. Frank is a man who works with children, adolescents, families, and adults. And since 2010, he has been consistently recognized as one of New Jersey's top kid doctors. And, you know, kids aren't easy to work with, so this is an amazing feat. But that's not all. Frank is also an author of a number of children's books, right now five, including Sally Sore Loser, a story about winning and losing, which is a gold medal recipient of the prestigious Mom's Choice Award. His fifth book, Don't Put Yourself Down in Circus Town, a story about self-confidence, was just released this past February of 2015. He's a supervisor of doctoral students. He serves on a variety of boards. I have no idea where he has the time to do all of those things. Frank, welcome to the show. You got to tell us, man, how do you have time? Do you sleep? Yes, I do, Amy. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased about being part of this and, and this whole concept of chasing dreams. Um, I do sleep. Uh, <laughs> I, I um, try to fit that into my schedule. I just got a puppy. So um, I'm not really sleeping because of the puppy, but um, training the puppy to be my new therapy dog in my practice I used to use a dog in my practice uh, for many years, and unfortunately, two years ago, my dog passed. Oh, I'm sorry. So, so thank you. So um, I'm ready to get a puppy, and our family's ready to train this puppy, and eventually he'll be working in my practice. So I try to work really hard, Amy, at that balance, because I always tell my patients, you need to create balance. Otherwise, you know, you can really get stressed out or have a, have anxiety or get depressed. So... You know, I have to practice what I preach. Otherwise, I'm a hypocrite. And I don't want to do that. I want to be an example to my kids and to my adult patients. You know what? That's a very good point. Oftentimes, people say say things to other people and don't act, practice it themselves. They don't practice what they preach. So I'm glad to see that you're you're balancing these things. I am. I'm doing my best. You know, I mean, <laughs> I think that's a challenge for most people. And I think acknowledging you know, that, you know, when life gets crazy or when you're doing things that things are a little bit off balance. I mean, sometimes life isn't always 50-50. It's sometimes it's 90-10, sometimes it's 60-40, but we try our best to achieve balance. And are you are you enjoying all these things? I mean, it's a lot going on. Or do you feel that it's work? No, I love it. I mean, it's so varied. And one of the reasons why I became a psychologist is because psychologists can do many, many things. You know, I supervise doctoral students. I write I, I see patients of, from three years old up until I have an 80-year-old patient. So wow. I, I have a wide variety of people that I 
interact with on a daily basis. So it's fun. When you work with kids, I do play therapy. I'm doing games and on the floor and doing puppets and reading them stories. With my adult patients, it's a little bit different. With my couples, I'm trying to not have them just, you know, kill each other in the office. <laughs> um, so it's always... The thing is, is always kind of the variety, I think, keeps me uh, fresh and it keeps it uh, enjoyable. Um, but I also enjoy my downtime and, and that's very important to me as well. You know, before we go into the um, your author side of life, um, how did you fall into psychology? I was bullied very harshly in my childhood. Oh, man. And um, it was very hard uh, being a smart person. Um, I, you know, young person, I have red hair. Um, so I was teased a lot about having red hair, being smart. And I wasn't exactly the sporty kid either. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for boys, that's a real challenge. And when I was growing up, I was really, really bullied. And this is before like the laws became in New Jersey anyway, very prominent about anti-bullying. And, you know, I had no one to talk to other than my family who were very supportive. And I wish I had someone objective in my life to go and talk to. And so, you know, I had to change schools and I had to do lots of things in my life to get my life on track and decided, you know, in my seventh grade yearbook, you know, when you write your favorite song and, you know, quotes and whatever under career, it says psychologist. So it's really, yes, yes. I, wow. mean, I had several careers before becoming a psychologist, but certainly um, I you know, decided to become a psychologist because I wanted to affect change in kids and adults' lives for whatever problem they're coming to. So that's what really kind of kind of was the impetus for me to want to study psychology and help others. Well, and you're doing it in multiple ways. So not only are you doing the psychology uh, with them, interacting directly, but you're also helping people through your books. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it, it certainly... Um, I get a lot of wonderful feedback and, you know, you don't write books for money, Amy. It's not about that. Um, you know, the, Stephen King makes a tremendous amount of money. <laughs> There's great authors out there um, that, you know, are, are making the money, but I'm not doing it for that reason. I really write them to fill voids um, in my, you know, tools, to create tools for my kids and parents who need help with a particular problem. And that's where my ideas for my books come from. Um, and, you know, it's it's writing children's books and then working with the illustrator is a wonderful process. Um, I have great publishers and, you know, it's it's a really great way of affecting change. And the feedback that I get from kids is just tremendous. And, and to me, if I help, you know, several kids or I get emails from kids or adults saying that they enjoyed my book or it helped them or it validated them, then I've done my job. And so... Did did you have an epiphany that maybe maybe I should be an author? Maybe I should create a tool, or, or did you just think something was missing and you needed to create that yourself? Well, I I was always a you know I always liked creative writing when I was a kid, and I used to love to write stories. I never thought of myself as as an author at all. Like you know that was not something that I had entertained at all. What happened was is that. Um, I use a technique in my therapy called bibliotherapy and basically what bibliotherapy is is reading books to kids about a particular problem and in the book, the, the book kind of teaches kids about the problem, it validates their thoughts and feelings, it opens up discussions and then it offers healthy solutions to whatever that problem is. So 
you know, because I use books, you know, I have a lot of uh, cases in my practice of kids with Crohn's disease, which is a disease of the gastrointestinal system, something I have. Oh, and, okay. Uh, so my first book, Toilet Paper Flowers, is a story for kids about Crohn's disease. So I was reading books to, the, to my kids who have Crohn's disease, and they said, Dr. Frank, how come there's no book for us? So it kind of made me think and say, wow, there's a real gap in the market and there's a gap in the clinical arena here. So how do I create a book? So, you know, I just started thinking and I created this book called Toilet Paper Flowers. And then, you know, it was my first book. And, you know, from that, I kind of got the writing bug. You know, I just wanted to write more and more and more and write books to, you know, help kids. And the responses I got from kids and parents from Toilet Paper Flowers was tremendous. In the back, because Julia, the main character, has Crohn's, to make herself feel better, she makes flowers out of toilet paper to, to remind her to keep herself healthy and to give herself hope. And in the back, it teaches kids how to make these toilet paper flowers. And when I speak across the country uh, at the Crohn's Colitis Foundation or I go to the walks, they make these flowers and they, you know, the kids are walking with the flowers or the kids... When I give talks to them about Crohn's disease, they give me the flowers and say, thank you for writing this book. There is no greater feeling in the world than that. And that, you know, that they feel like these kids who have this gastrointestinal disease that they didn't ask for, that's embarrassing and uncomfortable and painful at times, that they can have hope and encourage them that myself as an adult, as a psychologist, as an author, that I can work and I can do things and hopefully inspiring them to chase their dreams and do whatever they want to do in their lives and that not let their disease kind of stand in the way. So that's actually really amazing and and powerful of an imagery you just created with with the kids uh, bringing flowers to you. Uh, When they, you've created a tool, this book, you created opportunities to speak in front of people and, and spread the word and kind of encourage everyone. I mean, you're doing all of these things. Would you say that there is one technique that works the best for you? As far as with working with patients? With, with affecting the lives of kids. I always say to my, my doctoral students who I train, I would say your best tool in your toolbox that you can learn is yourself. And that what you bring, your relation, and, and this can go for lots of careers, not just psychology, mm-hmm. bringing yourself your honesty, your integrity, your genuineness, to, and your passion to something shines through. And I think that, you know, um, for me, I, I always try to teach that to my students, but even myself, I try to be, you know, not just Dr. Frank Cilio, but Frank in the room. And, 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 and you know, of course, we don't, dis- psychologists don't disclose their personal lives, but sometimes, particularly with certain issues like the Crohn's disease, it empowers them that they don't have to be shamed about uh, being afraid to talk about whatever is on their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I guess the, the best tool that not only do I try to use, but I encourage others to use is yourself. And, 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 and it starts with yourself. Whatever you bring to whatever career you have, um, you know, you're obviously coming from your own experiences and your own heart and your own gut and your own mind. And that, that to me, no, ma- no matter what, you, you can learn lots of tools, but sometimes tools don't always translate to practice so well. So I think, you know, for me, it's always been trying to be myself and be genuine and, and honest. You know what, that's actually wonderful advice in general uh, for any dream chaser to do is to be genuine and honest in your chase, in, in your 
interactions with people because I think that you're right. I think that does come out. And people people know when you're not being genuine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. All the time is that, especially kids. You cannot fool kids and teenagers. They they can smell that like a mile along if you're not, if you're trying to be something that you're not or, you know, um, kids are just, they're just so... Uh, honest and so you know not necessarily jaded by the world just yet and that's the wonderful thing of working with kids and, and teenagers is that there's an openness there so for any dream chaser listening to this is just you know use you know yourself and and your and your gifts that you've been given and bring them forward and and you know kind of bring them to others i always say to my kids who have problems with friendships it's like you're such a great kid. You have so much to offer. You have so many of these gifts of this, that, and the other thing. You need to really share that. You know, you're losing out on not sharing yourself with, you know, the benefit of having friends, but they're also losing out on having you in their life um, and, and what you can bring to them. And I really believe in that. And it's, it's, it's interesting you say that. So Frank and I haven't actually ever met. And we, and it, it's interesting because we're both fans of the sci-fi show Haven. And yes. we interacted on Twitter and, you know, he was also promoting his book. And I believe it was Sally Sore Loser mm -hmm. at the time. Yes. And I was reading his thing. And this is, you know, Frank and I didn't know each other. He's just tweeting honestly about himself and the things he's doing and promoting his book at the time. And I remember looking at it and thinking, man, that is actually a great idea. That's a great book. I have a number of nieces and nephews, little brothers and sisters who you know, are facing so many different things that I don't necessarily relate to. And, you know, being a sore loser, uh, unfortunately, you know, not just them, but kids face that. And I was like, huh, let me get this book and see what it is. Not only uh, support a fellow Haven fan, but also because it's a quality book. And Thank I got to tell you, Frank, I, I read that book and it is a quality book. Thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. I did. And, I, and I've shared it with a few of my, my kids just because... I think um, you express it so well sometimes in, in how to explain the importance of it mm -hmm. that, you know, picture the illustrations and everything kind of come across. And so it's not surprising to me that that book was a gold medal recipient for prestigious Mom's Choice Award. Oh, well, the words are nice. But again, going back to, you know, I want the kids to recognize it and use it and learn something from it. And, and I'm getting a lot of feedback about... You know, our culture is very much into win, 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 win. Um, and, uh, you know, it not only addresses being a, uh, helping the sore loser, but also the sore winner as well. Because a lot of kids will win and they brag and they put other kids down. And so I wanted to address both of those aspects because it's a form of bullying. And, you know, sore losers tend to be bullies on and off the field. So I thought... Um, I thought it was a really important topic to talk about being a good sport. And it also was a good, I, I, I wanted to, you know, at the back of the book, I write a note to parents and caregivers of how to use the book. And hopefully the coaches and parents who are often yelling from the stands and, you know, uh, wanting their kids, thinking their seven-year-old kids are, are going to be in the NFL one day, uh, and the pressure that's out there, I don't know where, how it's like by you, but here in New Jersey, the pressure to... Um, to excel is so much that the fun is gone. We forget that this is fun, that we forget that it's about making friends, it's about keeping your body healthy, it's about making friends and connections and memories that can last your lifetime. So um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, 
we're so caught up in the win or lose of things that we forget that the journey, the actual playing is supposed to be just as much fun. Right. As well as teaching them the lesson that, you know, later on in life, we don't always win at things. We don't always get into the college of our choice. Yes. We don't marriage our first, marry our first love. We don't always get the house that we put a bid on. We don't always get the job we wanted. And, you know, we don't, we try to teach kids how to cope with disappointments and frustrations and sadness because life is full of those things. And not, unfortunately, that's part of life and losing um, out on things is part of being a human being. And we need to give kids tools of how to cope. And that is something else that you've shown in, in giving kids tools to cope. Um, and one I, I need to check out now that I'm reading about it is your, your latest story, the story about self-confidence. Yes. And, um, cause a lot of people that I have met and a lot of young people. And one of the reasons I started this, uh, podcast is there's a, a serious lack of self-confidence. Very much so. And a lot of people confuse self-confidence with self-esteem and use those words interchangeably, yes. but are different. Where self-esteem is your belief in yourself, self-confidence is your ability to do things. And why I wrote Don't Put Yourself Down in Circus Town is because I have a lot of kids who come to therapy, who I meet, who, who engage in a lot of self-deprecation. You know, I'm a loser. I'm stupid. I'm not good enough. And I, I, I say to them, so what you're doing is you're bullying yourself. And when they look at me, when they, they kind of look at me surprisingly when I say that. And they're like, no, the bully's on the playground. I'm not bullying myself. And I said, well, you're acting like a bully because that's what a bully does. It tells you that you're no – a bully might tell you that you're no good. And it really opens up their minds and their eyes about that. And what it does is self-deprecation and you know putting yourself down really hurts their self-confidence. So I wanted to teach – kids on not only what what are healthy ways when when you are met with challenges in life and what you can and what you can do to build your self-confidence along the way and 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 taking steps because you know again we want everything we're in a culture that we want things to happen quickly and we get a lot of pressure to do that and you know unfortunately you didn't you don't sit at the piano and and play mozart you know it's a process yeah it takes time and patience and all that other stuff and, and so kids need that those skills and, and i think you you have hit it i mean the links for frank's books will be in the show notes so do check them out or visit drfrankcilio.com again on the show notes and check it out and, and read a little bit more about the books he's writing and creating to help uh parents and and students and kids and coaches and everyone because i think it's not just important for kids to read it but for parents caregivers uh, guardians aunts, uncles, nieces, I think everyone could benefit from reading this and getting a little insight because honestly, uh, teenagers and kids today are different from the teenagers and kids when I was that time. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think even for myself when I was growing up, uh, you know, it was, I mean, some of the issues remain the same, Amy, um, you know, maybe the designer name might change or, you know, what are the what, tools? Other tools, yeah. Um, you know, of course, of the advent of the internet, um, you know, cyberbullying is huge. Um, you Very know, much. social media um, is a wonderful, wonderful way of connecting. We connected via social media, yes. so you know, so there are. It's not you know an evil thing. It's just you know, it's how people choose to use it, and, and I think kids, um, you know, it's just a different world because of the technology that has been advanced. Right, and I think you're absolutely right in the fact that. Um you know, the underlying 
principle is still there. Bullying is still there. It's just now online. Right. Regular bullying is still present, but now we have this new form of it. And hey, you should be aware of it. And, you know, educate your kids, educate Absolutely. the people that you know who are using it. I think um, it's monitor, very powerful. Monitor your kids. Make sure you know what they're doing online and what they're looking at. And, you know, make sure they know that when they put something online that it's there forever. Yes. You know? so, so, you know, in a, in a fit of anger or a fit of wanting to whatever, people put things up and they don't realize that there are consequences to that behavior. Yeah, and that it may not um, come out right away. A lot of people in their teens or our young adult stages put things and post things on social media and then they go to get a job two years down the road or something. And, you know, their future, hopefully, employer looks at it and is like, wait, hmm. Right. Maybe not. Right. You know, so there there are not just Im immediate effects. It, there could be long-lasting effects. And that is that is something I, I, I hope um, people realize or, or educate because it, it's a powerful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Frank, before we go, one of the things I, I do want to um, ask you, because th there are other dream chasers who want to be authors. There are ch some that who want to be children's authors. How did you find your publisher? Did you just write it and self-publish? Did you approach people? No. Um, what I did is I wrote, because the first book was in a, was a coping with a medical issue, um, that market of publishers is very, very, very small. And so I sent out my manuscript to about three or four publishers. Um, they're small presses. I published, I didn't, pu I didn't self-publish any of my books. Um, and I was persistent. Um, I believe in what I was writing. I mean, I did get, you get rejected. Um, you know, the, the, the book industry is changing, has changed tremendously. They've downsized staffs. There, you know, a lot of publishing companies have closed. They don't have the staff. They don't have the marketing staff to support you. So not only you have to be a real motivated person um, to really, you, no one believes in your product except, you know, I mean, people do believe in your product, but no one believes like you do. And I think that that has to come through. And when you write to them, when you talk to, to people about your, your work, and that comes through, um, needs to come through. Um, so I approached several uh, publishers, and one person, one publisher out in New Mexico, Health Press, actually um, uh, acquired my book and acquired two more after that. And then um, my next book, Sally Sore Loser and Don't Put Yourself Down in Circus Town, weren't medically focused. Right. So I moved to a different publisher, Imagination Press, which is the children's imprint of the American Psychological Association. And they write books for kids on a variety of problems from divorce, anger, et cetera. So my books kind of fit better into that, into their, their goals for publishing. And, you know, certainly you wait and you, you write and you send out and you hope that they're going to, you don't, you don't get that self-addressed stamped envelope back because you have to supply that when you send out your manuscript and you just hope you don't get that back. And it's, it's a, a very, at times, discouraging process, but any dream tracer should know that, you know, you don't give up. You know, my thing, one of my, my three things is uh, I live by the three Ps. Okay. It's, it's patience, perseverance, and prayer. And those are my three P, my three P's. And, um, I, 
you know, I try to be patient with the process of whatever it is, whether it's writing a book or working with a patient. Uh, I'm persistent in you know finding solutions to problems. I'm persistent in reaching my goals and following my dreams. And you know, uh, I'm a spiritual person, so I do believe. Um, that there's reason for lots of things and a higher power and not to get over the religious, but certainly, you know, prayer for me, uh, is helpful in getting through sometimes that those difficult periods of, uh, you know, challenges of working with patients or being rejected or whatever it might be, whatever dream I'm chasing at that time. And I think that's, um, spot on guys. <clears throat> if you are chasing your dream, you have to be patient and you have to be passionate and you have to really, uh, well, like Frank said, no one's going to believe in your dream more than you. And you need to show that if, if someone else cares for it more than you do, then you, maybe you should reevaluate. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you want, you want, and, and you know, that energy that you have about your project, whatever it might be, um, is infectious. Um, not to everyone all the time. I mean, you know, everyone is excited about, you know, everyone. I think my books are, are I, I love write, writing my books, but certainly not everyone's going to be as passionate as, as I am. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. I have been rejected by, you know, like I said, publishers, the media, you know, especially with Crohn's disease. They didn't want to talk about Crohn's disease, you know, in the media. They said it wasn't a sexy disease. Which, you know, I understand what the word sexy means in the marketing PR world, but I don't know any disease that's sexy, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, that's very true. You know, there's no big celebrity that has Crohn's or at least has come out about Crohn's disease. And so, you know, no, if, you know, if a famous star had Crohn's disease, they wouldn't want, they might tell them to think about something else to go after. No one wants to think about them having bowel issues. You know, in our culture, we, 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 we laugh about those kinds of things. So if Angel Angelina Jolie had Crohn's, they might tell her to think about something else. I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. They'd probably change the topic. They, they probably would. And yeah. so, um, you know, and I've had some wonderful receptive people, present company included, of willing to allow me to, to talk about my platform and to, to, to make kids and adults feel okay about themselves, regardless of the disease, regardless of the problem, that, you know what, you are not alone and that there's other people out there, you know, struggling, surviving, fighting, you know, for whatever they, you know, to get better, no matter what it is. Yeah, oftentimes it's easy to place blame or uh, condemn someone for something they have when it's not their fault. Right. You know, genetics, uh, life, right. whatever it is, uh, they may be suffering. And, and too often we're focused on the effect rather than uh, what happened. Right. So, yeah, so stick with the, whatever, whatever gets you through. But I really believe in my life that, that I've tried to live. And I, that I guess the fourth, fourth P could be passion. Um, because, you know, you have to have passion for what you're doing. Otherwise, it just... It just doesn't work, you know. When I was writing my dissertation for my PhD, I wrote about something that I was interested in. If I had to write about something else, it would have—I still would be writing it, you know. <laughs> so, well, how, do you know off the top of your head how many pages your dissertation was? It was 180 pages. Oh yeah, you have to be passionate about to write that many pages. On top of it, there you have to do statistics and 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 math. And myself are not friends. We are not, you know. I'm lucky I can balance my checkbook, but you know, <laughs> talk about self confidence issues, like. I'm not, you know, I'm not confident in my math abilities and I work hard at it or I 
you know, my brother, who's a math teacher, I talked to him about it, but certainly, um, you know, statistics, you know, ugh, it's not, it was not fun, you know, but that's all part of the dream too. It's like dreams don't always, aren't always the finish line and the process of getting there is, is, can be arduous. Um, and sometimes kids, I try to teach them that, that like, it takes work, you know, it's not, things don't always come easily. And, and sometimes you'll hear stories of people who, whether they be famous people or athletes or whatever that it came, it seems that have come easy for them. You know, anything worth achieving is, is hard work, is definite hard work. And there's times that you want to give up and at times you want to reevaluate it. And maybe sometimes you have to reevaluate, reevaluate your dream, but it's not going to be easy. And kids, you know, there's this whole new thing with parenting, the lawnmower parent who kind of plows the way for their child and makes, takes away all the obstacles. And so therefore, how do they learn coping and how do they learn how to deal with disappointment and frustration yeah. and difficulty? So anything worth working for, it's never an easy road, never an easy road. Before I was a psychologist, I was an actor and, you know, I was an an adolescence and I was an actor. I have, as I mentioned earlier, I have red hair. So they were looking for redheads because of quote unquote, all American look. And I went auditions with Ian Ziering from 90210 and Jane Krakowski from 30 Rock. And I remember all these people when I was younger as a teenager and I was competing with them. And that was a very difficult business. And I, I didn't pursue that, not because I was quitting, because I decided it was an environment that I wanted to be in anymore. And I took that passion of performing into public speaking, into my career as a psychologist and use standing up and getting up in front of people and not just lecturing them and boring them, hopefully, and kind of engaging them using my skills as an, as a past of being an actor and using that in a different way. So you can take your dream and kind of, you know, maybe it doesn't work out, you know, in a certain way, but maybe you can kind of use it in another dream of yours and combine it. Yeah. And I love that because it's not just that. It's also the fact that maybe, maybe your dream wasn't acting. Maybe it was that you just wanted to be in public. Uh, maybe. Good you, point. You know, maybe, what was the actual dream? And sometimes it, it takes you to, you have to take a moment and figure that out. It could be that, or it could be, Hey, let me parlay that into something else. Like you were saying. And so, you know, guys, Frank has so many words of wisdom in this episode. Uh, you'll find them all in the show notes. And I, I do encourage you to check out his books, share them with the people around you, because I think they are powerful. And I think his message is one that should be shared. And hopefully you got more out of this than than, than just, you know, write a book. Yeah, uh, because I, I wanted to share his entire story. And so from front to back, we, we, we covered it all. So thank you so much for that, Frank. Oh, you're welcome. I hope that, I hope that um, your listeners um, can take this and, and, you know, they don't have to be me. They have to be themselves. In order to be happy, they have to find their inner voice. They have to find their inner truth. What are they looking for? And find that for themselves. And, and whatever I've kind of imparted for my story, I hope that that uh, inspires others to... Uh, follow their dreams or not get discouraged to persevere to have passion about their lives absolutely absolutely but before we go we have to play the game yes i i I gave you a heads up earlier but for anyone who's listening to this episode for the first time one thing we do on the show is play a game called rapid fire and rapid fire the way it works and it's my own title for the game is um frank is going to pick a number between one and three that topic let's say it's sports, is one at which 
Frank and I will alternate rapidly naming things that are associated with that topic. So if it's sports, we would go back and forth naming different sports. And the first person to hesitate, uh, the first person to say a previous answer or say something that's obviously wrong, like uh, sleeping, that's not a sport, guys, um, <laughs> would be out. Okay. And so uh, we'll, we'll play this and see how who does well. And in my record, it's kind of in the middle right now because people have been beating me lately. And so I'm not really sure where I'm at. But Frank, what number would you like? Um, I will take lucky number three. Disney characters. Ah. I, I figure you with you and kids, this, is, this might not be so good for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're going to name different characters in the Disney world. Okay. Okay. So, um, first person to hesitate or say an answer that repeats or something that's not in Disney. So don't, and I'm going to say Disney. I'm not going to say now that Marvel is part of Disney. Okay. You know, just old school Disney, old school Disney. Okay. Um, would you like to go first or shall I ladies first? Okay. Uh, Cinderella, Pinocchio, Belle, Geppetto, Beast, Mickey Mouse, Aladdin, uh, Belle. Ja- no, I said Belle. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was too soon. Maybe because I have caffeine this morning. I, like, had a brain leak. I'm so- oh, my gosh. I'm so embarrassed. You know, as soon as I, as soon as I said Belle, I was like, what other, what other movie was there? Wait a minute. And I was trying to come up with the girl from uh, Tangled. Right. And I could not do it. And I was like, Beast, uh, Aladdin. I was going to go with Jasmine next. But you said Belle. And I was like, whew. Oh my gosh. You know, I thought I heard you say bell and I'm like, oh, and like, as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm saying. You're oh, saying oh. what you, you're like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't come out. Okay. So this was a real confidence. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's this okay. is the challenge. This is the it's challenge. It's definitely a challenge. You know, you, you know, sometimes it's like you watch those game shows on TV and you're like, you're screaming at the TV because you're not under the lights or the pressure. Right. And you're like, um, you know, say, oh, my gosh, how come they how could they not get that? And well, it's just something you got to work on. No, it's it's just it's a fun game to, to see how people do, you know. Well, good for you for winning. Congratulations. Thank you. I do appreciate it. Uh, you were a great competitor. We went uh, we did a pretty good rally, I think, uh, going think back so. and forth. I think so. It was a quality game against a quality opponent. Um, but before we end, we got to talk about your corner. What is. One thing, one book, one quote, one person to look up to, one anything under the sun that you would share with another dream chaser. Good question. I didn't. Ha- I didn't have time to think about that much. Um, I think that what I guess the message that I've been sending through this podcast is ourselves. And you know, there's I. I read a lot of things, and I think there's lots of quotes. You know. Um, from Mother Teresa to lots of inspiration, Princess Diana that, you know, have, you know, even famous, uh, other famous sports people. I don't have a particular quote in mind mm-hmm. off the top of my head um, or a song. I think, I think what I would recommend is journaling. I think it's important to, I always carry a journal with me because you never know when an idea or a thought, or whatever might strike you. And you can use your smartphone with this too, with the notes section in your smartphone. Um, 
you know, and write, write out your dreams. Um, sometimes I've encouraged my patients to write a letter to themselves and open it up a year from now, what their, what their goals and dreams might be and see where they're at. Um, I know this isn't the one thing um, that you asked for, but certainly yeah. there are ideas that I have used and have encouraged others to, to kind of tap into. Uh, journals, can, like I said, writing um, without being editorializing in it. Just write. Just write thoughts out. Just write out things that are on your mind. Things might um, come, you know, you're, con you're putting down on paper your thoughts and feelings. And I think sometimes you can work out problems that way, but also you can refine your, your dreams and goals and things like that. I think that's a great one. So journaling, guys. Yes. Uh, and you know what? I, I've played with that idea and maybe I, maybe I should pick that up. Yeah, I always tell people not to get overly, you know, rigid about it. Like, you know, you don't have to be like, dear diary, today I, you know, went to school or dear diary, today I had a fight. It doesn't have to be like that. It could just be a word. It could be, you know, I, I encourage people to keep either a regular journal or a gratitude journal. Write down, you know, what for, at the end of the day, what you're grateful for. It could be that I had this podcast with Amy. It could be that the sun is shining today. And it sounds corny. But, you know, again, you know, I work with a lot of negative self-talk talking people at times and we can forget that there's there is beauty and lots of great things out there. And, you know, it can help us refine our dreams and, and, and fine tune them more. I always write down that's again with my books. I'm, I'm always listening and always thinking and in, in ways that I could, um, you know, enhance my dreams. So um, you never know where an idea is going to come from. That's great. And, and guys. Definitely take that to heart and, and put that down on paper. Um, yes. Frank, thank you again for showing up and for sharing your Dream Chase story. I do appreciate it. And I hope you guys got something from this because I did. Amy, I appreciate you inviting me. I, this, this is a great thing that you're doing. I wish you wonderful success with this is your dream, I'm, I'm assuming. Yes. Part of one of your dreams because we don't have to have just one. We can have several. Um, and, and I wish you the very best in, in encouraging and spreading such a positive, helpful message to your listeners. And I think it's awesome. Thank you once again to Dr. Frank Cilio for coming onto this show and sharing his Dream Chase story. I hope you guys learned something because I know I sure did. If you want to learn more about what Frank is doing, as well as the books he's written, and any other links that we may have been mentioned in the show, check out the show notes page for this episode at chasingdreamshq.com slash episode 17. That's episode 17. And be sure to connect with us over at chasingdreamshq.com as well as on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all with the username chasingdreamshq. Until next time, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Or leave a comment on her website, ChasingDreamsHQ.com. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Chasing.